Hi, this is Bill Prentice at Meridian Energy Group. Appreciate you joining the program here today. Before we get into the environmental and social management plan, could you give us an update on where things are with the development of the refineries, both in North Dakota, outside of Belfield, and then the one down in West Texas as well? Uh, sure, no problem. Um, Davis Refinery up in Belfield, uh, we're sort of tying up loose ends uh, as they get started on the the project financing raise. Uh, it's going to be a, a $1.1 billion financing for Davis, and we're just kind of getting started on that, uh, trying to get it closed and done before uh, before the beginning of summer so that we can get out in the field and get a lot done in the uh, in the project site. Um, but, you know, most of the modules will not be arriving and, and foundations won't be completed till a year from this coming Sunday. So that's when most of the field activity will, will happen is after this next coming winter. Um, on Walton Station down in the Permian, uh, doing uh, site surveys, soil and geology work, uh, a lot of pre-permitting type design, uh, collecting the uh, crude assays for the uh, for the local crude supplies that we're going to be uh, counting on for our, our crude oil. And then, uh, you know, go ahead and get the permitting started on that and try to have that plant in operation about a year after the Davis uh, facility gets started. So, uh, you know, looking at... Um, maybe early 2023 for Davis, uh, later that year for Walton Station. But, uh, you know, part of that is weather down in, uh, in Texas might cooperate with us a little bit better and uh, we'll be able to hold to a tighter schedule down there. I got the press release the other day about Meridian's environmental social management plan. And when, when did you guys decide to adapt that? framework, if you will, to the equator principles, the risk management when it comes to uh, being out in the marketplace like that, this uh, environmental and social management plan. Why is that so significant to how you guys are going forward? Because you and I have been talking about this for three, four, five years, but to mm -hmm. label it and to actually put it in a presentation like we're starting to see uh, I mean, you're on the cutting again. You're you're on the forefront of this, on the cutting edge again. You know, like I said, we've been talking about this for three, four years. But why is it significant to kind of put it together in in, in a framework of of risk management and equator principles? Well, you know, I I mentioned we're we're just kind of getting started on the the real hard work of the Davis project financing, and as as we get uh, further into it, it's it's clear that all the stuff that we've done, you know, the substance of how we approach this business. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, we've been talking about it for five years or so. But over the last five years, there's been an entirely new, let's just say, lexicon of, of buzzwords and other ways of thinking about and talking about environmental and social concerns and risk management. And it became clear to us that, uh, you know, as as pure as our heart is with regard to these things and always has been, uh, we need to be able to uh, uh, put this in within a structure and, and apply the kind of 
verbiage and documentation that allows everybody else to instantly recognize what we've been doing and why. And we're really kind of grateful for the way the industry has developed on this area because suddenly uh, we're going to get full credit out in the capital markets for everything that we've been doing for the past five years. Um, but, you know, part of this is uh, that many of the institutional investors that we're going to be dealing with have, uh, have signed on to the so-called equator principles, uh, which you can look up online. And that's one of the organizing groups that have helped uh, kind of coalesce this whole way of thinking about new big energy projects. So it gives us a basis for organizing all of our documentation and proving that, uh, you know, this is in fact going to be a great project for the industry and the environment and our country. I was talking with um, Joseph Bendick, J.B. Bendick, um, from the Novitus organization the other day, and he brought up the uh, ESG is what he called it. That's the uh, Environmental Social Governance Plan. And, and then I, I saw your guys' press release, and it was, it was a different acronym. And then, you know, it, today here I'm calling it the, you know, Environmental and Social Management Plan. And it is. It's that new. It reminds me of when, like, the drones came out to where it was UAS, and then it was UAVs, and then it, it was all these different names that they were trying to get for the industry. But the, the, the point is still there that there is a there is a key framework to this there are some core values and you know like i was saying five years ago we're talking about working with county officials planting trees that are are correct to the to the geography and looking at the different foliage and all kinds of different things um what are the key facets when it you really boil it down to the environmental and social management plan how much of it was from what you guys had already discovered and have already done the due diligence on? And was there anything kind of new that was 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 folded in? Because I agree with you. I think this is a good thing. And for companies like yours, it's really quite almost turnkey for what you're already doing. Yeah, we're, you know, again, we we always try to make the point that this is not something that's new to us. Uh, the ESG acronym, uh, Environmental Social Governance, um, is kind of the broader concept. And, you know, the governance part of it is, is key because you can, you can espouse these uh, concepts and commitments to doing the things that are, that are good as far as the environment and society are concerned. But unless you run your company in a way that's consistent with that, it doesn't do anything more than give you some good press release material. So what we've done is, uh, you know, adopt everything that we began doing for Davis back in 2014 and put that into a environmental and, and social management plan, which is now a key corporate governance document. Um, you know, it has the same weight and, and sense of purpose to it as our overall strategic plan does. Um, and, you know, the, the key facets of it are, um, you know, again, I, I mentioned the equator principles earlier. Um, there are, are 10 principles involved in that, in that organizing uh, set of documents. Uh, we went through this process uh, with our, both of our investment bankers here over the past three or four months 
and an exhaustive uh, review by them as to where we were on all 10 of those principles. And we're, we have been in compliance with them for years. Uh, you know, and that just runs a gamut of, you know, uh, how you think about a project, whether it's a major project or minor, and all of our projects are treated as major. Uh, we do our own in-house environmental and social assessment, which, in other words, you know, before we even applied for permits with Billings County, uh, we worked with, uh, you know, SEH and other firms, uh, Zia Engineering, to do a California-style environmental impact statement including, uh, you know, Native American uh, cultural issues, uh, overall uh, societal issues. And we did all that before we applied for any permits. Uh, that material went into our Billings County uh, conditional use permit and rezoning application and also formed the basis for our air quality permits and everything else we've done. Um, and so, you know, this is a key aspect of of what the equator principles are are trying to point companies to and that you're going to think about these things and you're going to run your company away in a way that's consistent with best practices in these areas and not just do what you have to do to get a permit and start turning the dirt over um you know other aspects of it are just uh, you know like uh, making sure that you have adequate stakeholder engagement uh which as you know you know our our transparency in the way we deal with the public at, at large uh, in North Dakota is, I think, second to none. Um, we've always been very open and, and engaged with everybody that has a stake in what we're doing. Uh, having a grievance mechanism is in place. You know, we, we have that uh, both internally and in connection with all of our various permits. Uh, making sure that you know, one of the principles is, is ensuring that your environmental and social management plan is reflected in the way you run the company. And one way that's done through uh, the equator principles as applied to project financing is that you have various financial covenants that require you to live up to what you say you're going to do on these, on these issues. Uh, independent monitoring and reporting. Uh, we've already made it clean, clear we're, we're going to you know, submit to that, we gladly do. Um, you know, the technology these days, for instance, on air quality monitoring, make it as easy as allowing somebody to log into the uh, monitoring devices that operate 24 seven and make sure we're in compliance. So there is absolutely no opportunity for anybody involved in our projects to hide the ball on whether or not we're in compliance with any of these issues. Um, so that's pretty much it, you know, uh, doing the right things, uh, allowing confirmation and, and co compliance checking and putting your money where your mouth is in terms of living up to it as far as financial agreements is, is kind of the guts of it. And again, you know, you, as you know, from having been associated with us, uh, you know, with what you do for these many years, this has been part of what we've uh, done as a company since day one. So how do those those uh, principles and the goals that you guys have set forward, how do you implement that now into the construction and operation of the, of the refineries? It's, give us the next, you know, three to six months or whatever it's going to look like implementing those goals and 
and those principles into the first phases here? Sure. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's important to realize that there's nothing magical or mysterious about, about this. Uh, you know, the way we addressed uh, just one small aspect of that is, is air quality. And we get a lot of attention on that, so let's just take that as an example. Um, everything that we've talked about here was already baked into the preliminary design of the project when we originally submitted it to the Air Quality Division at the Department of Health. Um, without them telling us anything that had to be done differently, uh, we, through our own internal process, modified the design to improve the air quality characteristics of the project uh, six months into that process with air quality. Um, so in April of 2017, we originally submitted the application in October 2016. In April of 2017, we, we amended our application to reduce the emissions limits that we were asking for from the Department of Health. Nobody told us to do that. Nobody asked us to do that. Nobody said it would be a great idea to do that. We did that because that's what we set out to do as a company in this industry. We wanted to have our refineries change the industry and be the cleanest in the world. And that's what it took to live up to that. So, you know, again, as we get started building it, the way we've addressed these principles is already baked into that design. Uh, we also will take care that all of our contractors, for instance, are similarly bound by contract to live up to these kinds of uh, stakeholder engagement and grievance kinds of, uh, of practices. For instance, one of the things that we found out in talking to people locally that when uh, one of the local gas plants was being built, uh, one of the most egregious things, uh, at least from the point of view of local residents, was the way they damaged roads during the construction period. And, you know, there are only a couple ways in and out of certain of these areas out there if you live out on a ranch or farm. And it really plays hell with your car and equipment if you're not going to be maintaining the roads properly. So, you know, our contractors aren't going to be allowed to do that kind of thing. And we expect to be held to that by the local community. Um, when we're operating the project, again, you know, compliance with everything that we said we we're going to do, as far as the way the plant performs is built into the way the permits are, are awarded and the way the plant is designed. Again, lapsing into air quality as an example, there is no way you could operate our plant, even if you wanted to, in a way that's out of compliance with our permits without it setting off alarms in probably four or five different towns in the United States, including, you know, a let's just call it a, a remote ghost uh, operations center in Houston. Um, the guys in Bismarck at Air Quality are going to have uh, access to that information real time. It just cannot happen. Um, you know, that's part of the responsibility that we've bought into here, that we're not going to be making people sneak around trying to keep an eye on what we're doing in order to make sure we comply. So, you know, this is, you're right, this is all good stuff for the industry to get used to doing. And uh, I'm kind of proud of the fact that we're leading the way here. When I'm looking at your refinery, the size of it under under that fifty thousand and similar sized refineries, t 
Talk to me about how yours is going to be a little bit different as a result of what you guys have put together than the other refineries of similar size. Well, the, you know, we're cheating to a certain extent, no, to a great extent. Um, starting with a blank sheet of paper, um, as we've talked before, you can take advantage of all the latest developments in the industry. And that begins with the latest developments in chemical engineering and that allows us to design uh, pressure vessels, reactor vessels, in a way that makes use of the latest catalyst and, and latest control technology. Uh, it's going to be the smartest refinery in the world when it's done in terms of digital controls and the way we, we handle uh, you know, monitoring and, and uh, um, simulation as part of the operating regime. Uh, testing is going to be done a lot more frequently, more real-time in terms of both crude oil coming in and products going out. Uh, several areas of the plant uh, have even been changed for the better in the last six months, uh, like ground-level flaring that will be only on an emergency basis. You're not going to have a big, giant flare stack going all the way you know, into the late late night hours like you see in many older refineries. Um, also, it's going to be safer. I mean, safety is a big deal. Uh, it used to be that, uh, you know, constructing a refinery like this would have been considered almost as dangerous as being in the underground mining industry. Uh, we're not going to tolerate that. Uh, we already uh, have on staff uh, a group of guys that are planning uh, all of the safety and training programs to eliminate those kinds of concerns from operating a refinery. You shouldn't be asked to take your life in your hands to go to work for us out there. Um, you know, and, and as we've seen over the past year, there have been some horrendous accidents in process plants with loss of life and serious industry. That's not going to happen at our facility. Um, again, it, you cannot approach the industry in a narrow self, you know, self-interested manner, like it has been done in the past, um, it's good that the industry is not going to allow any companies to do that anymore. It's very good that the financial community is going to require a much more responsible approach to building an operating plant like that. And again, you know, it's it's really amazing to us that uh, this has suddenly caught on. You know, it's it's you know, it's like Okay, after seven, six or seven years, uh, we're suddenly an overnight success on this and other areas um, by the, you know, just by having put a lot of hard work into it. You know, being progressive is difficult. Being a forefront, being a, you know, profit, if you will, is, is very difficult because it's hard for people, for one, to grasp, and for two, there's, you know, some people have that crab bucket syndrome. They don't want anyone else to get out of the crab bucket before them, so they pull down, and there's a lot of different reasons and rationales for why people do things. The thing that I've appreciated about what you've done is, you know, I'm looking at these principles right now, review, environmental and social assessment, applicable environmental social standards, stakeholder engagement, reporting transparency to name a few you're doing all these things and the reporting and transparency is the one thing that i've always admired from what you've done because a lot of energy companies in the past have not done that and you were very upfront to say we're going to change that about the industry and you have done that you've, you've done a very good job of that 
And the ne- and I, I, I say that because the next question I have for you is kind of a leadership question because you have been on the forefront of new technology. You've been on the forefront of innovation. And because of that, you've, you've had some litigation, which I remember last year, you calling it the new normal in energy. And boy, you could not be more right than that. When you look at what's going on in California, what's going on in Colorado, New York, uh, some of these other states where any project, whether it's a pipeline or refinery, seems to be the new normal is years of a year or years of litigation. I don't want to get you in trouble. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you have been a leader in that area, you know, for, for come hell or high water, you've been through it. And um, do you have any advice for those people out there? Because it's starting to happen more and more. And um, I think a lot of people could really use your help as they enter through this. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> yeah, and I, well, let's face it, the energy industry has gotten very shy about public opinion. So the tendency has been to kind of hunker down and and become more secretive in many situations. I mean, you see this happening, for instance, uh, I'm not pointing any fingers or giving any specific examples, but, you know, pipeline spills. Um, uh, SOP used to be, uh, you know, don't tell anybody, get it under control, try to fix it before anybody, you know, sends up a red flag or a flare and get it under control on your own. Um, And that just doesn't work, Um, especially this day and age. Uh, It's an invitation to a lawsuit. Uh, You're just going to bleed your company dry uh, trying to defend that kind of practices. So, you know, we we decided early on that, uh, okay, uh, we know just by looking around us that as soon as we get a permit in hand, somebody's going to trot down to the courthouse and file a lawsuit. Um, you know it's going to happen. So how are you going to defend that lawsuit before it's ever filed? And that's the way that we have tried to comport ourselves in terms of, uh, of doing everything associated with Davis in a manner that can withstand that close scrutiny. Um, you know, when we were sued on the, the basis of the air quality permit, for instance, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to probably get in trouble mentioning a, a number, but it seems to me that somebody mentioned that we provided over 200,000 pages of documentation during discovery on that lawsuit. And that's just a measure of the preparation that we went through along with air quality folks to make sure that we were doing the right thing. Um, and you just have to do that. Um, you know, we have seen projects in the past that didn't have to go through that. And I think, uh, they were lucky. Um, but you can't count on that anymore. You just have to go ahead and do things right in a entirely defensible manner. And if something's going wrong, you got to be totally open about it. People have a right to know if there's an issue with a major energy project, either in the way it's being designed or in the way it's being operated. You mentioned that spill, and that, that got me thinking when they, in North Dakota, when they passed that. I mean, it got to the point where if a truck got into an accident on the road, we would get a press release. And because mm-hmm. there's only a certain amount of barrels, in it and they had to send out a press release. And 
I remember thinking, we can't do stories on trucks getting in accidents. This is getting out of hand here. I mean, it's every, but if you're on, you know, on, on the activist side, that's all you need for your fodder is just a headline and a couple paragraphs. But I just, after talking to a few people in Colorado, they're going through a lot of changes there where some counties are now trying to get them put, uh, get them to put um, noise uh, barricades around their wells and then other, they got a mobile air quality unit driving around the state and all kinds of different thing. And I thought, oh man, that's, it's, it's going to be litigation for all these different people. So, um, I'm glad that you guys continue to win in court. You got this great certification. Um, it looks like everything is back on, on track as far as, uh, timelines and everything along those lines. So, uh, just kind of concluding here, anything we left out, anything you want to make sure we reiterate, anything we want to elaborate on? No, I, I just, you know, it's the whole process of, of adopting this framework and and putting this into a, a set of words and, and acronyms that, that are understandable in the current environment has been kind of a strange one for us, having lived up to the substance of it for so many years. And I... I just thought it was funny that we had to take this step to to be recognized for what we've been doing all along. But, you know, again, that's the nature of the industry we're in these days, and I'm, I'm glad to do it. And uh, we're going to be around a long time, and I want to make sure everybody's happy with us, uh, you know, 10 years from now when this refinery has been in operation for a long time. So we're... Uh, we're glad to be nearing the end of uh, all of this litigation, I think. Uh, and we'll get this project built just as quickly as we can. And once again, I want to announce that it is the completion and adoption of the environmental and social management plan. Otherwise, and uh, known as it's a ESG, the same thing, right? These are all the same acronyms. Just, uh, yeah, there it is. Just announced. Oh, it's a... That's different. The ESG is different than the ESMPC. This is all so new. I'm still got to learn it. So that's why you're on here is to educate me a little bit on. I actually, I thought it was the same thing, just a different acronym. And they were trying to figure it out. But I see ones for more for the investment side and the other ones more for the energy side. So, okay. Um, well, fantastic. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com is the website if anybody would like to read more information. And uh, good luck. We'll be talking down the line, sir. Thank you very much, Jason. Pleasure.